when I was there, I had a conversation with a pastor. It came up to we were in a in a pastor's meeting with a, a number of NGOs, and had a pastor came up to me and in tears in his eyes and just put his arms around me and was hugging on me. And he said, I just want to, he said, I just want to thank you that you're here and that you care about us. Appointment Ministries Podcast Network, strength for today's pastor. Here's your host, Bill Holdridge. Bill is the director of Poiman Ministries, which is a team of former longtime senior pastors who are available to strengthen pastors, to strengthen churches. This is Bill Holdridge. Welcome to podcast number 49 of Poiman Ministries, Strength for Today's Pastor. We're so excited to have with us today Pastor John Snodderly. John, a longtime friend of mine and a wonderful friend to many, many pastors all over the world and in the Calvary Chapel Fellowship of Churches. So in this podcast today, we're going to be talking with John about Calvary Disaster Relief, his role in it, what it looks like to be involved, and some of the wonderful ministry that takes place when people step out in faith. So a little bit background about John. His background is extensive in planting churches and being a Calvary Chapel pastor, and I'll let him talk about his life before Calvary Chapel. In 1980, he planted Calvary Chapel in Bishop, and then from that church was involved in the plant at Calvary Chapel in Mammoth Mountain, also Calvary Chapel June Lake, and then in 1987 moved to Lancaster, California at the request of Pastor Chuck and worked with a group that had been a Bible study and started Calvary Chapel Lancaster, which became also a very dynamic church. And from that, planted Calvary Chapel Santa Clarita, Calvary Chapel Tehachapi, and Calvary Chapel in North Edwards. And then in 1999, he made his trek up to Northern California, where he's been in Antioch, California, and he took over Calvary Chapel of Antioch, and now it's called Crossroads Calvary Chapel. And in that capacity, John and I got to be more familiar with one another, work together as part of the Northern California CCA leadership team. So, John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being willing to join us today. Well, it's great to be with you, Bill. Yeah, it is. And you have a Baptist background, Southern Baptist particularly. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, uh, I grew up, uh, my dad was a uh, was a Church of Christ pastor, kind of an interesting growing up experience. Uh, my mom and dad did not go to the same church. My mom was Southern Baptist. And so I grew up in a in a home where mom went to her church on Sunday and dad went to his church where he pastored a little a little church of Christ in Orange County. And uh, my brother and I, uh, we we were in church every Sunday. We had to go. We either went with mom or we went with dad. So uh, I got exposed to uh, to the fundamental church of Christ. Uh, no, no musical instruments, uh, communion every Sunday baptism being part of your uh, your salvation and then if I didn't go there I went to the Southern Baptist Church with with my mom uh, so I got some early exposure to some different uh, biblical perspectives um, of course my dad was Arminian in his theology and the Baptist Church where my mom went was Calvinistic uh, so uh, I, I got some early exposure to some different theological views well you did. So now you're a Calminian? Yeah, yeah, kind of a Calminian, Cal Baptist uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hybrid, I guess. 
I guess that'd be a good, good way of uh, of looking at it. But you know, in my in my teens, uh, you know, I walked away um, from the Lord. Uh, got married young. Uh, I was married at uh, at at eighteen, and the first year I was married, my wife Millie got saved, came to the Lord. And so uh, she prayed for me for seven years that I would get get right with the Lord and uh, begin to uh, uh, follow the Lord. And she was going to a little Baptist church in uh, in Chino, uh, California. It was a charismatic Baptist church of of all things, and uh, uh, it was there uh, that I recommitted my life to the Lord. That began a journey of uh, growing in, in my faith, learning about the gifts of the Spirit, and then eventually uh, I ended up in the ministry. I ended up in Bible college in, uh, in the Midwest, Southwest Baptist University. And uh, I was there for about, uh, I was there about two and a half years. And uh, that's where I began my, my pastoral ministry. My first church was in, uh, was in 1978. Ultimately, made my way back to uh, back to California, and that is when you discovered the world of Calvary Chapel, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. It's interesting how that how that all came about. Um, I uh, uh, when I came back to California, uh, I worked for the the Southern Baptist Home Mission Board uh, out of uh, Fresno, California, and uh, I was uh, I was a church planter. Uh, that that's always been uh, up until the last twenty years. That's that's really been uh, a big part of my ministry. It's just been a vision to uh, <clears throat> to plant churches, and and so um, I was with the Home Mission Board for about a year, and my area was the three ninety five corridor. So that was from uh, Independence all the way up to Bridgeport and the Eastern Sierras. And so I was in those communities. I was kind of a traveling pastor and uh, starting Bible studies and uh, helping to plant churches. And, uh, and so I actually pastored a, a startup church, a Baptist church in, uh, in Big Pine. And then uh, while I was there, I was asked to uh, leave and go back to Southern California to the Baptist church that, that, that my mom went to. Wow, and I pastored that church in in Orange County. I was there uh, pastoring that church for only about six months, and without getting into all the details, um, uh, I was conflicted because of my uh, understanding, my biblical understanding of of church government. Uh, I didn't uh, I didn't agree with congregational rule. I didn't feel like that was a biblical model, and uh, and I had been early. When I got saved, the Baptist church I got saved in, I got exposed to the gifts of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I was really struggling within the Southern Baptist framework at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And uh, this church that I was pastoring in Orange County had major, major issues. There was uh, some s- significant divisions in that church. And so uh, I decided to get back to some of my early roots with with Calvary Chapel. And uh, my wife and I got up on a Monday morning and we drove to Costa Mesa unannounced, uh, walked into the office, asked to meet with Pastor Chuck, uh, granted granted us a meeting, sat down with him, shared my heart where I was at, 
spiritually and and what I felt like my calling was. And uh, anyone who'd ever had a conversation with Pastor Chuck knows that um, Chuck has an interesting way of conversing with you about those things. And he was great listener yes. and said, well, uh, he said, John, sounds like uh, this would be a great fit for you. We'd love to have you on board with Calvary Chapel. And uh, when you decide where you're going to start a church, give us a call. <laughs> okay. So, so, so that's how I that's how I became part of Calvary Chapel. So that was in uh, that was in 1980. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not long after that, uh, through a series of circumstances, a uh, couple that I had led to the Lord uh, when I was up in the Eastern Sierras called me, and there was a group of people that were meeting together, and uh, they'd been listening to Pastor Chuck on the radio, and uh, they they wanted to start a Calvary Chapel. And so my wife and I, um, we got in the car, drove up to Bishop uh, on a weekend, met with them, and uh, three weeks later, we had moved back to Bishop, back to the the uh, Eastern Sierras, and started Calvary Chapel Bishop. So that's that's kind of the that's kind of the history, the progression of how I ended up with Calvary Chapel. That's a pioneer journey. That's so typical of so many churches that were started yeah. back in those days, and it has launched yeah. for you a 40-year ministry with Calvary Chapel. So yeah. that's, that's outstanding. So I know we're going to talk about uh, something that is also very much a pioneering type ministry, but it's a little different uh, shape, a little bit different bent and focus. And you've been involved with Calvary Disaster Relief, and you have a new role uh, within that particular ministry. So maybe you could talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about Calvary Disaster Relief, what it is, what it does, all those kinds of things. But uh, how did you get involved? Well, actually, this goes uh, this goes way back to uh, to Katrina. Uh, is it really the the history? behind Calvary Disaster Relief actually goes further back than that. It goes back to the Kobe earthquake in Japan uh, in the 90s. And uh, Pastor Lance Cook, uh, Calvary Chapel La Habra, uh, Pastor Jim Stewart, uh, Calvary Chapel in Kansas City, uh, myself, some other brothers had have been involved in various relief efforts, uh, not really organized under any any particular organization, but just as Calvary chapels, reaching out, doing uh, relief work uh, with, of course, with Katrina. We were, I was involved with that effort there with Camp Hope there in uh, Bay St. Louis. And that was a, that was an ongoing relief effort there for uh, over a year uh, where we actually, there was a, a relief center that was set up in a community uh, sports complex there. And then uh, from there, uh, I was in Thailand uh, after uh, the tsunami, uh, just about a week after the tsunami, I uh, was involved with some relief uh, efforts there. Uh, then in Japan, uh, after uh, the, the earthquake and the tsunami there. So, you know, there's a, you know, a personal history of being, uh, being involved in, in, in relief work and, and doing that in conjunction with a number of Calvary Chapel pastors uh, through the years. You know, as as Calvary chapels, we have a we have a tendency to be kind of independent. Oh, uh, you think? <laughs> yeah, in, in these in these types of things. But uh, uh, earlier uh, this year, 
there was just a vision to start uh, formally to start Calvary Disaster Relief. And so uh, I um, committed to build a website uh, for calvarydisasterrelief.org. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, through a, a contact that you gave with Richard Rare, uh, we, we set up a 501c uh, organization. Uh, we've got our, our 501c3, and so we are now a, a bona fide uh, nonprofit uh, religious corporation. That's great. I want to just throw a little commercial here for Richard. Richard Rayer, R-A-H-E-R, is the director and president of Calvary Admin Services, and so you can look him up. He's a great resource for accounting, IRS issues, um, tax issues, incorporation issues, anything having to do with the oversight and administration of a church or, or a nonprofit organization. And some of the pastors that are looking to step aside and retire from their church that they founded are looking to perhaps set up their own 501c3 and further their ministry post-pastoral as a senior pastor ministry. Anyway, just a little commercial for Richard. Shout out to him. Does a great job. So back to you, John, and back to Calvary yeah. uh, Disaster Relief. So um, you got your incorporation, 501c3, the ball is rolling. Now there's an official Calvary Chapel-oriented and Calvary Chapel-type-led uh, center and uh, focus for disaster relief ministry. Yeah. You know, um, the Lord gave me, a, uh, when we were putting this together, the Lord gave me Psalm 57, verses 1 and 2, where it says, Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. For my soul trust in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge. Until these calamities have passed by, I will cry out to, to God Most High, to God who performs all things for me. And that was really what the Lord put on my heart as I was working with uh, some of the other Calvary pastors that had a vision to, to put together Calvary Disaster Relief. You know, we realized that it was important for us to to really understand what our biblical vision was not not just our temporal vision but our our biblical vision and and that is to to bring the gospel into disaster relief work and understand that uh disaster we want people to know that disaster is not what defines them mm-hmm. uh, what what defines them is their relationship with Jesus Christ and so that becomes a really an, a very important and integral part. Even as we send teams out, uh, that's one of the things that I emphasize with them is that, you know, be sure that you're looking for every opportunity to, to minister, to encourage, to share the love of Christ, the salvation uh, that is available through Jesus Christ um, to help people to be able to weather these, these terrible storms that they're going through. And, and so, you know, we kind of, we kind of broke it down, you know, that we wanted to be a regional and international faith-based disaster relief organization and, and working exclusively for the benefit of disaster to distressed people with needs in their particular areas and, and to assist people afflicted by, by all the conflict and the struggles and the difficulties that go along with, you know, disaster and, uh, and and then to partner with churches, we always look for a church that we can we can work with in those disaster relief areas because we want to we want to help to contribute to spiritual and social uh, transformation, you know, in that 
in that particular area. So, you know, our our desire is to to be a witness to to Jesus by life, by deed, by word, and you know, and and, and sign uh, a sign that encourages people to respond to the gospel. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, so when we deploy teams. The primary objective is providing prayer, biblical encouragement, um, as well as meeting physical needs. Right. Uh, you know. Well, that's the problem. You know, a lot of times we've got the, the we've got the works of of restoration and building and helping people on the physical level, but no gospel. I mean, that's the theory and yeah. the strategy of some church movements, and then others yeah. just do gospel with nothing, you know, behind it, no works to show that the gospel is real and from the heart. I know that our church, when I was in Monterey, we we sent teams to the Bay St. Louis uh, disaster area, and it was both. It was mucking out houses, and it was preaching the gospel, and it was powerful. So, yeah. you know, yeah. a disaster scene is just that. It's a disaster scene. I mean, everything is an absolute mess. Everything's in, t- in complete disarray. Can't even imagine being distraught like some of the people are. What happens when a team is sent? What happens when a church says, okay, we're going to buy into this and we're going to send money, we're going to send teams, resources, we're going to get behind this work because we feel God's called us to do that. What happens? Yeah. Well, you know, we a, a good example is uh, with uh, Hurricane Dorian. Uh, we've been uh, actively working in uh, uh, in the uh, Bahamas. Uh, I was there uh, with a with a small uh, team. We went in really to evaluate. We spent uh, about six days. Um, we flew uh, on on a on a private plane. Uh, it's amazing how you know when you commit to to stepping out in faith to do something like this, uh, how that God can open just amazing doors. We we had a gentleman that has a construction company in uh, in Nassau and had contact with him through uh, uh, another Calvary Chapel pastor. He makes his personal plane and pilot available to us to fly us to all of the islands that were impacted by um, by the uh, by the hurricane. So we were in uh, we were in Nassau. We were in uh, Abaco. And Marsh Harbor, we were on uh, on the island of Eleuthera, uh, where uh, that island was impacted. And then uh, we he flew us to um, uh, Grand Bahama to Freeport, and it was there in Freeport that we were able to make contact with a local church. God opened a door with Freeport Bible Church, uh, Pastor Kyle Maycock there, and uh, so you know we've been we send teams and um, the teams that just recently came back uh the teams that go is you know we we encourage them uh to work with the the local homes that have been impacted so they were doing you know clean mucking out homes uh putting up drywall but at the same time emphasizing the importance of ministering spiritually to those families and this local church has been great um, in, in that regard of really wanting to, uh, to team up with us, uh, in order to, um, uh, minister to their community. They've identified about 300 homes that have been impacted by Hurricane Dorian. And so we've already been able to, to send teams, uh, and, um, 
uh, in effect to work on uh, probably about 20 homes. And so uh, we're looking to send more teams uh, and anyone that would that would be interested, they can go to calvarydisasterrelief.org. Um, there's a place where you can you can sign up. Uh, there's a phone number there where they can contact me if they want to talk to me personally. But, um, you know, we, we just encourage churches, you know, to to take a step of faith and, and let them know that once they get on the ground, we, we have uh, someone there to, to help them, uh, to get them where they need to be, to make sure they're housed, to make sure they're fed. Um, we're you know, we're, we're doing that on the ground for them. So bottom line is, is just to get there. If they want to go, you know, get them on the ground and then we'll direct them from that point. Well, it's a lot like, you know, going into a disaster area like this, whether it's international or or in the country of the United States, it's like uh, sending teams to a, a third world country on a missions trip in some ways, because they see things that they'd never seen before. They right. are stretched in ways that they've never been stretched before. They're taken out of their comfort zone, but they're watching how the adequacy of the Holy Spirit does amazing things through them, things that they couldn't imagine in their wildest dreams happening through their lives. And like you said, yeah. stay, taking these steps of faith, it's incredible how the how the Lord opens doors. And we are the Church of the Open Door, right? The Church of Philadelphia. So it's good right. to take advantage of these opportunities. Well, and I think, too, one of the things I encourage people, uh, because there's always some some degree of hesitancy, you know, the unknown. And, and what I encourage when I talk to uh, churches that want to take teams in, I, I, I always encourage them, look, this, this will be life changing and life transforming for, for your team. Uh, I said, because it'll give you an opportunity to see how the gospel can impact and, and just being the hands and the feet of Jesus can impact people who are suffering, who are devastated. Uh, when I was there, I had a conversation with a pastor. It came up to, we were in a, in a, pastors meeting with a, a number of NGOs, um, you know, we're considered a non-governmental agency or organization. And a pastor came up to me and in tears in his eyes and just put his arms around me and was hugging on me. And he said, I just want to, he said, I just want to thank you that you're here and that you care about us. Mm-hmm. And he began to share his story, how that, and showed me pictures. His church was completely destroyed. Roof was ripped off of it. It had four feet of water. His home was destroyed. Him and his his wife and his children were displaced. And his wife, because of it being so stressful, ended up having a stroke. And she was in a hospital suffering from a stroke. And here's a guy that's throwing his arms around me and saying, "Hey, I am so thankful that you care enough about us to be here." And and his his parting comment to, to me was, "How can I help you? Wow! How can I help Calvary Disaster Relief? I I want to be available." And I'm thinking to myself, "My goodness, your world has just been completely destroyed. Everything just turned upside down, and you're asking how you can serve me." Yeah. And so I, I think we have a tendency. 
maybe to be a little bit too complacent in the church. And it's easy to, with especially with disaster, when they first happen, we get a lot of media information. We see it on our televisions. Uh, it, it does tug at our heartstrings. But as you know, uh, a lot of times that only can last for maybe days, maybe just a few weeks, and then it's off our radar. And, and yet, disaster has long-term lasting impacts uh, on, on communities. Uh, even, even today, if you go back to Bay St. Louis and communities that were affected by Katrina, many of those communities are still rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just, uh, I encourage people, look, just take a step of faith and invest in ministry outside of your local church, out of, outside of your local community. And, uh, and I guarantee you when people come home, they'll have a different vision about outreach uh, and, and it'll, it'll be beneficial for their local church. Yeah, I, I know that's true. And we saw that in Monterey as well, getting involved with some of these different areas of need. What a wonderful thing. So the way to get in touch with Calvary Disaster Relief would be through the website, calvarydisasterrelief.org. And yeah. eventually that'll get to the right people and the ball will be rolling. Yeah, and my personal phone number is on that website. Okay. My 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 cell number is on there. Uh, I was I was told not to do that, but I did it anyway. And uh, <laughs> okay. and, and so I did. I, I get a lot of text messages and I get a lot of calls. But you know what? In order to be effective as a uh, as any ministry, we have to be available. Right. And uh, so I I wanted to I wanted to be available, and you know, I was asked to be the director of Calvary Disaster Relief, and so. Uh, I want to function adequately in that role mm-hmm. as long as I have that responsibility. And um, I, I want to see the Lord use uh, this ministry for his glory. Amen. Amen. Because it is changing lives and it is changing communities because that's what communities are made up of, as human lives. So, John, just one final thing that you'd like to encourage the pastors that are listening to this in. Uh, I mean, you've already given tremendous amounts of encouragement just being aware of the opportunities. This is such a great way for churches to get involved in practical, tangible ways in the world in which we live, either domestically or internationally. So just one final word, John, and then we'll wrap up this episode of Strength for Today's Pastor. Yeah, you know, I would just like to encourage pastors, uh, number one, that, you know, Calvary Disaster Relief is is, a a ministry available to to churches and to disaster relief areas. And so, you know, I just want to encourage pastors uh, to pray for us, for this ministry. Uh, always there's need for resources, but uh, more than anything is just prayer for God to, uh, with any ministry, uh, whether it's a local church or whether it's uh, an organization like Calvary Disaster Relief for the Lord, uh, to for his hand to be on it and to bless it, and then on a personal level for pastors, uh, I've been I've been doing this for over forty years of pastoring, and uh, there there as all pastors know, there's ups and there's downs and there's good days and there's bad days, but there is nothing more blessed and more exciting than to know that we are fulfilling the calling that God has on our lives. And so I just would encourage pastors, young and old, stay the course, 
be faithful to the word, uh, be encouraged, uh, even in these difficult times that we live in. God is on the throne. Jesus is Lord. And um, there is n- there is no greater value to our lives than to fulfill the gospel and to teach the word of God and to be faithful in season and out of season. So uh, just just be encouraged and allow the Lord to use you mightily and powerfully for his glory. Amen, John, because I know you'd agree with me. It is all infinitely and eternally worth it. Yes. Thanks so much for joining us, John. So appreciate you being uh, part of the program, and may the Lord continue to bless you in your new role and in your dual role of pastor of Crossroads Calvary Chapel as well as director of Calvary Disaster Relief. Well, thank you, Bill. It's been great being with you. God bless. Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by Poyman Ministries. You can find us at poymanministries.com. That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com. If something in today's program prompts a question or desire to connect with us, or if you have a comment or a topic idea for a future episode, just shoot us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com. That's strongerpastors at gmail.com. Until we meet again, may you continue to be a strengthened pastor.